hope you won't get away with it in the film because people notice the London Road. Television, you know, they'll, they'll, they're constantly thinking, well, how can we extrapolate this and make this now? Because we've got to go in this direction now, and that direction. Well, then if we're going to go in that direction, we have to make that disappear. You know, so. so I think there was an element of it where the fans liked Slate so much and respected the character so much that they needed the fans to not like exactly. him enough. So they exactly. and push it a little further to make sure that there was that. Oliver and Slade before it was I know. I know. Like all these conventions, they listen to the fans. They kept on going, like, come on, we got that. Yeah, but they liked you so much that I think they want you to be, they're hoping that there's redemption in the future. This is an act, I can't think, let's be honest. It's not an ego thing at all, but I can't help but play the truth. I'm not afraid to throw it off my mind. I often tell people that. I only came to this career because, you know, my mother and brother both died when I was 15 for car accidents. My brother died in my hands. So I know what it is to stare at God and ask the question, you know, and I know what that is. And I know what it is to, you know, stand on a beautiful summer, sunny day and look out of a hospital window and they're not dead in a hospital. And these pains of my life are kind of like what I seek into the realities of these camps. You know, and I think as an artist, you can really, you know, take this journey, which uh, was last year I went to Greece, and uh, in Greece they had this amphitheater in a place called Amidavros, and it was the very first amphitheater that was ever built, and it was built by these medicine people called Skibush, and they built it because they believed that the voice carried signal from Skibush, and they tried to project a performance space for acoustics, where someone could sit there and talk to you about philosophy or politics or emotions or whatever, and if it was the right signal, it would help you feel, you know, be a healing mechanism. Of course, the Romans turned the amphitheater into a full circle and started having people kill each other. You, you know, which is, which is, you know, somewhere between the two, it's Hollywood. You know what I mean? And so, you know, as an actor, I truly believe in. You know, because one is that because of my colour, I'll also always be stereotyped. You know, not, not always, but I'll be stereotyped. You know, I've, I've, I've already been in several series where, you know, the blonde-haired, white, good guy, you know, and I'm the guy that might be Mexican or might be, you know, whatever, and the second guy, and, and I'll end up trying to steal his girlfriend. And he'll, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous how these, these, these archetypes and stereotypes and sort of characters exist in me, changing slowly. But, you know, this is, so, you know, whenever I'm in these roles, I have the responsibility of it. One, playing that stereotype, which, which usually paints me as the, the, not the, the hero. But if I play it honestly, you know, uh, you know, you play all the layers and you your stuff, and somehow it's feeling in this as well. Even if you're killing somebody's life. <laughs> and that's not easy. It's not easy, but you've got to invest all the all the real tones throughout your whole performance. So that when something like that happens, they go like, and even though the, the producers are pushing the couple of lines between good guy and bad guy, because we want the hero, and we want, you know, if you invest enough time in actually playing the truth, playing the great underlying, you know, things that, that, that bend anybody, a human being, a human being is bendable. You know, princess. 
when I woke up in my hospital bed after my mother had died, the person who was standing next to my hospital bed was my worst enemy. The guy who was my enemy from school, right? He was, he was a guy called Matthew Sisley. He had a really mullet haircut and wore like death metal shirts and really angry all the time. And I had a beautiful mother and you know, a talented father and I was, I was uh, you know, I had more gel in my hair and love fashion and clothing. You know, to me, I, this guy looked at me and I kind of had it all. You know, and I had like the stuff going on, and and, he, and I didn't know this one, but he was just an angry guy, as far as I can like, see. Didn't try to find out what was going on or anything like that. It's just that when he walked up to me and said, "I don't like you," I was like, oh, "I don't like you," like Spartacus, like Fix and Spartacus. You know? And uh, when I started playing Spartacus, I had Spritus. I had an absolute objective to have the audience hate me. And I played, I played the way that I thought my this guy Matthew Sisley was the word thing, which was like so in your face, so no terms of understanding, no compassion, no offering nothing but hostility. And I played that to, to Andy Whitfield. You know, I was in his place. I remember the producer came up and said, Andy's not really feeling that comfortable anymore the way that you're that you're attacking him because it's getting a bit, you know, like they said, can you tone it down a bit? And I knew at that moment it wasn't that was working what I was doing, right? And I didn't tone it down. I made it even more. They sort of did the same with my arrow a little bit. But and, and then um, at, one, at one time the producer came up to me and said, Manu, nobody likes Chris's. Getting letters down from fans saying, kill him off. And, and he said, you know, in the next season, in the next episode, you're gonna meet maybe a really love story. Nobody's going to care about his love story because they're going to keep an ass off. And I said, please, let me take you on this journey, because I know this story. I know what it's like to hate somebody, to hate somebody. And when that hate is shifted over here, that's, that's the biggest transformation that can happen in anybody's life, with anybody you can know. If it's somebody that you hate and you end up loving them because of the, the healing, the healing mechanism, that is, that is, that, I mean, that's what Arch is, is always about. I believe that's what Arch should always be about, is trying to always prove that in the grey matter, you know, we, 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 can, we can move mountains uh, as, as humans, you know. Um, you know, like, all this stuff came from this vicious guy to, like, having these scenes where Navy was standing on the other side of the bars and, and I was tricks as well. Just, you know, all of a sudden, my fingers are going through my brush. It's, Woman of that, you know, all of the onion stars are unfilled. And, and, and if anything, this is what I really like about television drama and, and the current that I've got to play because they allow me this long time to slowly change and reveal layers and build layers, you know. And I think that when I work with writers and, and I've written the drama writers, they see it. And they know, you know, we can try him all the way over there, we can bring him all over the way back over here. Now, what happened recently in Adam was testament to that because, you know, I, I mean, there'd been this sort of mention of, you know, me not having been having a storyline or whatever like this, which, you know, came from a few comments that I made on stage at conventions about, about you know, because I really wanted to defend Death, Deathstroke, I thought it was really necessary to defend him as a character. Uh, because, and you know, and now that Joe Manganiello is bringing it to the screen, you kind of, you 
you realize, well, you know, if I become like this despicable ogre on the television, then you kind of sort of, I, I think it might but, but, you know, but when I came back on Steve's season six recently, um, Manu Guggenheim said, Manu, we're going we're gonna to do that thing that, that you've been talking about. We're going to bring the, the character around, and when Oliver arrives, the miracle is born completely. And you've got a son, and he's got a son. And the two of you are going to find healing. And, th- and that word for me always, if you're playing a, 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 a villain, is so important in storytelling. It's the moment that most people forget about when they write modern-day stories about, about villains and heroes. And I think when that goes into society, we tend to teach society that there's good guys and bad guys. You know, and, and, and this is this is something that whenever it's shifted, whenever they make that step to make it, you know, say it was a war film and it was like a, a German soldier was there and you go like, ah, oh, it's the, you know, oh, yeah, shoot the kids and do awesome stuff. You know, one character who can step out of that, say, German military and meet an American soldier and the two of them go like, flip the photos out of their out of their wallets and go, oh, here's my children, oh, here's my children. You know, who's, who's the guy leading you? Or Eisenhower or whatever. No, he goes, you know. Get all that stuff again pushed into it, just go back to the people and what you said to the writers and all that stuff. You can take a bad guy and allow him still to live in the camera. I this last thing. I love that we've got to play on the season six and seven. Achieve that. In the audience, get a huge sigh of relief because they kind of. Wanted to be healed themselves. Yeah. I think they were torn as well. I think I think so. I think they started out loving you and didn't want to heal you, and they were relieved when they got to the end. I don't think you did a phenomenal job doing it. Well, we are just about, about out of time. Manu has some more signings to go to and other appearances to do. Um, I know we didn't get any questions uh, from the audience. We, let's let's do one. Who's got? Have a uh, I wonder when you were doing research for the role. Uh, at what point did you? find surprise with Destro and get excited when you read Wolfman and Prince. Uh, well, you know, um, when, I, when, I got, when I got the role, I, I, I think the next Comic Con that I went to, I asked one of the vendors who was like one of the big comic book uh, vendors, you know, whether he could get me some, some you know, Destro things, and so I mean, every one of them. And so, uh, so he did, he, he gave me the, the, the whole supply of Destro, like right, from Teen Titans, George Perez's first image of Destro coming to tree and his sons killed the Teen Titans, you know, uh, Jericho, you know, so there was that, that right up to the, right, not Tony Daniels had to start going. So, but, but, you know, when, when I looked at those, at those comic books, you know, I could see the, the type of type person was written by Marvel. You know. Once once they started the shadow of trying to kind of miracle infused uh, kind of uh, Othello thing, you know, then then I, I knew we were gonna have to have to you know, venture out of Marv's kind of guy into a kind of a, a, a television programs version of a slave horse but I just always wanted to kind of like not make make the I don't know, I guess like the, the madness irredeemable. Because the book the comic book goes on, you know, and, and like the movie's now gonna come to scrap. You know, it'll be interesting to see whether they make Joe stab somebody's mother. <laughs> it won't happen. It won't happen, they'll just make that desperate 
power play now. Right. Uh, but, but you know, it's you know, it, even though I say this like it might sound as though when these things came up, like it was it was just at the time it was challenging because because it brought new new shades and new tones to the character that you had to deal with. With at the same time reading comic books and trying to stay in, in, in that character, you know. Uh, but I, I, I think there's been Superman, lots of the Superman, Supermans, and there was even that Black Spider Spider Man, you know. So you just got to have those characters when they make when suddenly you get them in a script that says, okay, you're going all the way over here. So uh, it was, uh, you know, it's, it's been a great journey. I think that, you know, I, I think that. When the, when the film's done, you know, uh, there might be space again. You know, I, I don't think Mark Ryan mentioned, you know, you have two songs, not just one, in the last episode. I don't think for that. I mean, and that, that comment was made in the, like, in the, in the final scene. You know, he, he wanted to say, uh, I have another son. Exactly, it's not exactly. So, you know, without presuming or assuming or anything like that. This the storyline's there that they've seeded, you know, uh, and, and we're sitting around as our film. I think right now, and rightfully so, Warner Brothers just wants a Joe Manganiello film version that's going to be focused, you know. And uh, I know that online there was some, some debate from fans saying, like, oh, you know, you know, I've done, you know, we'd like to see the film. And that's just the opinion of fans, so not like, you I know Joe personally, you know, I've, I've, I've met him a couple of times and he's, he's such a wonderful guy and such a hard working actor. But, you know, I've, I've got nothing in the park, you know, I'm feeling it. I hope I walk in the cinema and I see him do an amazing job. The only thing is it's great matter. You know, I think Slade's just this great, great matter character. You know, and this is like going to watch your fellow performance on stage. You know, how much is the actor willing to give is really what I think is the, the, the determination of of any great gesture, at what point are you going to say, like, in this, in this great matter, how much is he going to hurt? How much is he going to go through to try to, you know, defend some sense of honor, some sense of, you know, soldier code, some sense of. That's how it's to me, the best words. Emotional color is, you know, using some of the black, right in the middle of the gold or the black. Is that line? Thank you very much. We're going to close real quick with a couple of rapid-fire questions, just a little fun, off-topic kind of things. See what Manu has to say, and then we're going to let him get back to work. Ready? Coco Pepsi. Amanda. Dog or cats? Neither? Dogs or cats? Dogs or cats? Uh, I love them. I, I love them. Oh. I love them. Coffee or tea? Uh, I will say coffee, but I should say tea. And last question, Superman or Batman? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd rather fly. All right. Oh, all right. Well, thank you, Mono, very much. It was a pleasure. Appreciate you being here. We'll see you all weekend. Mono's going to be here all weekend. He'll be signing autographs.